Hello, wonderful listeners. Bend your ears our way for this really significant talk commerce podcast where we dive into all things e-commerce. We're super excited to welcome Ben Marks, the Director of Global Market Development at Shopware, to the microphone for an insight-packed session. In the evolving world of shopping journeys, Ben champions relevant, streamlined experiences that strike a chord with customers. Today's hand-picked conversation taps into the escalating bond between AI and e-commerce, as well as Shopware's ever-evolving story. Ben's comprehensive expertise and insights make this discussion indispensable for all e-commerce enthusiasts, big brand explorers and agencies preparing for their next move. So gear up for a goldmine of wisdom that dreams big and breaks barriers in e-commerce. Stay hooked as we prepare to talk commerce with Ben Marks. But first, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Great news for the Magenta community. Hoofa is now fully supported by Amnesty, the number one Magento extension provider. With a catalog of over 250 Magento products and solutions and a full range of custom development services, Amnesty actively invests in providing compatibility with the Hoofa theme. 33 solution compatibilities have already been released and are available as part of the regular product subscription with no extra charge. And many more new compatibilities are coming. In partnership with Hoofa, Amnesty is focused on providing its clients with high quality extensions, great performance, and a high level of service. Visit Amnesty.com for more details. That's A-M-A-S-T-Y.com. And remember to tell them Talk Commerce sent you. Is your Magento site moving at a snail's pace? Believe it or not, you're in the same boat as 90% of Magento store owners. Let's add a splash of optimism. I recently had a client who revived their site by switching to Hoofa. Their excitement was contagious. Hoofa is more than just a theme. It's like having a secret weapon in your e-commerce arsenal. Picture this. You're crafting an online space that's as vibrant, engaging, and dynamic as your brand. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? That's the Hoofa magic. Performance, top-notch. Usability, smooth as butter. With Hoofa, hitting Google Lighthouse scores of 100 isn't a dream, it's reality. My client and I have been on this exhilarating journey, and I tell you, it's a game changer. But hey, Hoofa isn't just about turbocharging your performance. It's about putting a personal stamp on your store. The theme is fully customizable. Play around, express yourself, make it truly yours. My client has been having a blast watching their online storefront transform supercharged by Hufa's powerful features and tools. Ready for transformation? Why not test drive Hufa and feel the difference yourself? Visit hyva.io. That's hyva.io. And when you get there, don't forget to mention that Talk Commerce sent you. Trust me, you're in for a treat. My name is Brent Peterson and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. Welcome to this episode of Talk Commerce. Today I have Ben Marks from Shopware. Ben, go ahead, introduce yourself, tell us your day-to-day role, and maybe one of your passions in life. 
Uh, ben Marks, yeah, joined Shopware a couple of years ago. Used to work for a, a different platform for many years, but I've been in the been in the especially open source e-commerce space since I was building uh, projects on OS Commerce back all the way in 2003, if you can imagine. And when I'm not talking about Shopware in the world, I, I spend I do spend some time at home playing music with friends. That's awesome. Ben, before we get into our content, I did not tell you that I'm going to tell you a joke. <laughs> and it's called the Free Joke Project. And all you have to do is say, should this joke be free? Is it open source or is this joke behind a paywall? Here we go. My wife says I make too many graphs, but I know where to draw the line. Oh. Yeah. It's, uh, no, nobody said they're funny. Fortunately, I have a long history or I've experienced a long history of your your excellent witty repartee. Hmm. Thank you for saying witty. I don't know if I'd use those words, but yes, let's talk about <laughs> Shopware. I think that's much more exciting. I saw last week or the week before the announcement about AI. Tell us a little bit about AI and, and how that affects <laughs> Shopware. I think the probably important framing for the whole conversation is that in the, in the sort of the post chat GPT moment, right, when it was... The only other thing I've seen like that was when a few years ago, crypto had been talked about. And then I should have just invested in crypto because it made sense. Everyone was going to get together for Thanksgiving. And then after that, crypto was just part of, I think, everyone's family discussions. And I feel like when ChatGPT came out, there, there was a pretty clear demarcation, like what came before, what came after. Because now, now AI is it's really real. And the, the magic there really is the interface and, and getting natural language utility and, and insight into whatever you're doing. But there's a lot of hype around it now. So everyone's, everyone's saying, oh, AI this, AI that. Shopware tries to take a, a pretty pragmatic, pretty pragmatic approach to all things. And, and in the case of, of our recent announcement from our annual trade show weeks ago, yeah, we re released something called Shopware Copilot, AI Copilot. And it's a collection, uh, it's, and it's just the beginning, but it's a collection of eight distinct features that we believe supercharge the, especially the administrative experience of a, of a shopware instance, right? So when it was announced, it went live for all of our, our SaaS customers straight away. But the, the enhancements to shopware's, you know, pretty, pretty substantial, like stable of features. Um, there's a lot around, there, there's a lot around administrative tasks like import export or creating product options, um, tagging, uh, automatically understanding and tagging images, uh, for people with, with large digital, uh, catalogs or, or digital asset, uh, management. And that is just, those are just some of the features that we have. So we have, AI based translation for reviews. We have, we have the ability on the customer side to uh, create a tailor made and custom checkout message. Uh, that's, that's, that's post checkout that with, with the goal of being really engaging and hopefully encouraging some brand loyalty. Yeah. There's, so there's a lot, there's a lot that's there. And it really is, as I said, it's just the beginning because the space is ripe for innovation and it's all hot and new, but pretty soon it's going to be, it's going to be the standard expectation. If you're in the platform business, or the e-commerce solution business, and you are not adding, adding, embedding, and augmenting features with AI, you're going to be behind the times like yesterday. 
Yeah, I like what I like how you lean into the admin functionality and and how it can help people in 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 when you're managing your store. And I've gone through the training for Shopware, so I know the difference between how to use in in Shopware and how to use in another platform compared to some of the SaaS platforms that are out there. And I'm, yeah. I'm going to say that Shopware is far superior in that experience that an a admin person has while using it. And I'll just point right at workflows and the rule yeah. builder. And I love the fact that you can just have that huge search bar and just type anything in you want. And suddenly you get something that you actually would like to look at. Yeah, we've seen, you know, when I was, when I was working in for another platform, we, um, the, I think the, that platform's ecosystem had released a, a sort of a 10,000 foot view extension where you could do searches uh, across the whole database and the interface would present, would present the results grouped by, grouped by entity. And, and maybe that was a preview uh, of where we're headed with all of this. But, but if, but if you think about it, what is the job? I think, I think the, the, the irony about being in a platform business is that the better our software is, like the less I think end users actually feel like they're using an application. It's uh, I, ideally, an admin never really thinks about, or a store operator, merchandise, or whatever, and then they never think about the fact that they're interacting with the with a software application. They just go in and do their work, just like you get in your maybe you get in your car and drive to an office. It's that natural, and we we see AI as a as a chance to really make things feel like just a natural extension. But it's if you think about what's being accomplished with this. It's a superpower to have, to have all of this work that might be tedious just going, ha- happening in the background. And then all you have to do to, to avail yourself of this is just use natural language in context in an admin experience. And then you brought up things like, like workflows and, uh, like we have, so we have this thing called Flow Builder and it allows you to do really interesting things in a, in, in a no code environment. And I think actually as more and more experiences become no code or you know, low code or no code, those are absolutely ripe to be augmented with AI. So customer segmentation, uh, so you have, you can target customers for different content, for different prices, for different, different experiences. And one of the, one of the AI uh, co-pilot features that we have is, is effectively an auto segmentation of customers, right? So you're going to, you're going to have a much more nuanced insight and automatic definition of customers. And I think that's, I think that's incredibly powerful, uh, especially in the context of, of rule builder and flow builder uh, in our application. Talk a little bit about how merchants, when a merchant is choosing a new platform, I think the last thing they think about is how functional the back end of their site is. And sometimes they'll look at features. Sometimes they'll look at, oh, does this have a promo code? When they're using the catalog portion of the system, they don't often think about if they can get around and they can use it. It'll make our whole process that much more efficient. When Shopware was building out some of these AI features, was that part of what they were thinking about, just making that whole experience for the admin user better? Yeah, absolutely. It's you, of course you want to enrich the customer experience as much as possible, right? But a big part of that, a big part of that is actually helping store operators do what they do even better. And so that really is, that really gets to the crux of why even go into this space. If you, and if you look at, you know, this before, before the chat GPT moment, you had, you actually had some, a whole industry in the e-commerce world 
that was making use of machine learning, large data sets, and probably to some degree, previous versions of AI, whether they were proprietary or not. And that's the, that's like personalization and intelligence search. These, usually these are integrated with, with various platforms, but then the processing, the understanding, all of the content is being, is essentially being centrally, centrally located. So these people had broad view across the entire industry. And, and now, uh, we're basically taking that level of informed insight and we're rolling it out for individual features. But yeah, it's very much about helping store operators do what they do better. Maybe give us a little bit of, of light on how Shopware managed to get in front of all the other players <laughs> in the market here and, and releasing these features, which I think you're well ahead of the other platforms, right? Um so there's there there's a there are a couple there are a couple secrets there. One, we are we're a nimble company, just over 400 employees, and being open source, I think that's really where. And I've been saying this for years. This is where open source really shines because with an open source platform, you can you effectively have a worldwide product team, and you have you 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 can innovate literally at the speed of business. Very often, you'd see a lot of the cool things that come out in the commerce world probably came to life under under a an open source platform, right? Which is not not to say that these innovations aren't already being rolled out for SaaS for, for SaaS vendors like Shopify or BigCommerce, but you know we we saw this coming, jumped on it right away. Literally last year, at the end of last year, we had our so our 2023 planning session, but that was like that was just a few days after ChatGPT ChatGPT drops, and all of a sudden we became an AI like an AI. Company. I'm glad to say that it wasn't. We weren't just saying, "Oh, hey, we've got we've got an integration with OpenAPI, so now we're an AI company." No, we started really thinking about how. I guess we understood that this was going to be the way of the future. Like this was going to be where everything was going. So we we just went ahead and got on it. And I think I also I think a lot of credit goes to our two co-founders, the Haman brothers, because you have. Uh, Sebastian, who is very much interested in uh, design and philosophy and user interface. And then you have Stefan, who is the perfect complement there because he's the technical co-founder. And so he is the self-professed, self-professed geek. And I think that helped us that just that kind of uh, that multifaceted direction there. One from, Hey, what is great for the users? And then what is, what can we actually deliver from a technical from a technical standpoint. And I can say without, I think without betraying confidence that I've had people reach out to me from other platforms and just say privately, Hey, great job. You guys actually are, are doing it. And, and even one, one, one person I know in the business has said, look, this is exactly what, what he's trying to fight for at his company. I think, yeah, I think we, we saw it coming. We, we took our shot, swung our bat, whatever metaphor you want to use. And, and we knocked it out of the park, but it, it really like, it's, this is all new and hot and amazing. And in six months, it's going to be just de rigueur. It's just going to be the standard expectation. This is, I've been singing, I've been singing the same song in this business ever since Google bought Urchin Analytics, right? We find out ways to, to test what works and what doesn't for customers, whether that's the data that we're presenting them or the pricing or a flow or something. And yeah, and I think this is just a furthering of that trend, right? Because whatever becomes is, is new and hot today 
it just becomes the the new normal for tomorrow. And so we always we're going to constantly have to look at this space and innovate in this space uh, if we want to keep our perch at the front of the line. When you're looking at customer acquisition for for shopware, do you see that th- some differentiators where shopware compares to some of the other some of the other platforms, maybe one platform is a race to the bottom and the other one is a race to the top. Is Shopware fitting in between those two? Or tell us a little bit about how you see Shopware fitting in, especially in the American market. I know that making a big play into the American market, yeah. how is it differentiating itself? We see ourselves, I, I, I'll paraphrase our, our U.S. general manager and our global president, uh, Jason Nias, uh, joined us about a year ago. Um, there's in that the, the the twenty to two hundred million GMV merchant makes up a pretty substantial portion of especially like U.S. e-commerce, right? So we've we're we're coming from a great place. We're we're market leader in Germany, so we have the history. We have uh, basically all the resources that we need to make this play. It's still a substantial investment, and it's still tough work because this is a very mature market, and it's and you have businesses with outsized PR. <laughs> resources, right? So you have, you have your Shopify's, you have your Adobe commerces and they have, the market is aware of them, right? So they have the brand presence and we're bringing something, we are bringing something a bit new to uh, a bit new to the U S market, but it's, we're basically looking at how underserved that mid market segment is. Um, especially as Adobe Commerce goes further and further uh, into the enterprise space, um, there aren't really a lot of, of of truly nimble platforms for innovation, which I think especially mid-market merchants really need because they're too big for Shopify, and they're but they're not big enough for these really massive mock-style builds. So we're giving them basically sort of enterprise-scale features but built for the mid-market and built for their budgets. That's what we're bringing in. And I think as time has gone on and as I've watched interest pick up in shopware and you have these conversations with people, I think that's what I'm hearing from the market is that they get it. So we should have some, we actually should have some really cool announcements in the very near future about some exciting new customers. From a feature standpoint, and I know that people don't always like to look at features within a platform because I, you said it better. You said it best earlier. A lot of these things are just expected to be part of a platform, and uh, yeah. the SaaS platforms take care of it just by their all their apps they can add in. Do you see going now into 2023, 2024 that this AI? craze is going to start really bleeding into the front end of the platform for user experience? Absolutely. So even one of our first features, preliminary features, is is focused, I mentioned earlier, it's providing a, a custom-tailored post-checkout experience for the customer. And that's just, that is just the tip, right? Uh, just the tip of the iceberg. So we're going to see, we're going to continue to see, I think, a lot, a lot of innovation going into the front end. You have you're going to have generated content is already everywhere. So generative AI, I'm actually here in Amsterdam for the um, tagging on for the Mock Alliance conference. And guess what? <laughs> that's that's literally what they were just talking about on stage is just how important generative AI is. And so you're going to see you're going to see maybe 
you may not even notice. Actually, and I think probably some of the best experiences on the front end are ones that you don't realize you're having. But the example I've been using is, okay, I live at the beach and I, I tend to wear like shorts and flip-flops. And so if I'm looking, if I'm out having a, like a fashion experience with the website, I, it's going to make, it's going to be more powerful if the setting that I'm seeing in the photos matches my buyer persona. So those, those images are going to be changed in real time and users are going to have completely different experiences based on what a store knows about that consumer. If, if you're, you talked about 20 million plus GMV, if you're one of those users, do you see a tipping point in which, hey, Shopware is a, sh- a slam dunk compared to, say, Shopify? I, I've only, I only know subjectively that I've heard yeah. from users that as your GMV gets larger, your Shopify ongoing expenses get more expensive. Is that the only thing that merchants should be looking at, or is there other things as you get bigger like that that you should be looking at? It gets down. It goes back to total cost of ownership, and you have to any merchant, any brand, any agency, they have to look at the the total cost of ownership and and how that fits with how that fits with the merchant's business. I'm the first person to say, hey, if you've got if you've got a simple product, you don't really need any kind of any kind of custom functionality, and you have healthy margins. Then I think you can really make, you can make Shopify work for you. But then of course, as you grow, it's rare once you're successful, it's really rare that, that what comes out of the box and SaaS platforms in particular are a very well defined box. What comes out of the box continues to work, continues to scale, continues to provide the kind of differentiation and value that you need. I would say that Shopware, Shopware is, again, we're trying to give you, we're a turnkey application. I think I don't like to emphasize too much the the underlying tech and stack. And yes, it's PHP based. And yes, you can self-manage. But the whole idea is that we have a turnkey stack. So when you provision it on our infrastructure, or if you get it up and running on your infrastructure, you basically, once it's there, it's a fully functioning store. But we built everything with the whole like awareness that it would all, like any anything could be, changed or omitted or added to recombined whatever whatever the need is and that's to deliver a truly unique experience both both on the front end and even on the in the back end in the back office that's a it's a kind of a superpower i know i've been using that word a little bit but i think the ability to say hey Everything you need is here from the beginning. But by the way, we know you're going to want to change things and you're going to, you're going to need to deliver different experiences than your competitors do. So that's where this kind of flexibility that, that we offer an index on. And I think, I think that when you look at the economics of it, the cost of ownership, the ongoing cost of ownership of a, of a, of a SaaS platform, yeah, because you're paying the license fees and then above a certain level, you might be paying, you know, giving up a, like, several basis points on your transactions. If you look at what Shopify's business is now, their, their revenue is, I think, like 60% of their revenue is now just from payments. And they all um, think and talk about their take rate, right? So what, how much money are they making? So even the integrations that you also have to pay for, those are also those also have a take rate and then Shopify as an example will make money on that so it's all about it's all about the pie and how much of a piece that they want and so i think in our world in shop and shopware's world we we have a less direct take rate and certainly a much cheaper take rate 
when you look at how much how much of your revenue that you're generating on this platform do you then have to hand over to us? And then I think that's one of the things about Shopware that's also really appealing is you get a certain amount of control when you can when you can build and maintain these things yourself. Do you think there's a little bit of there's some hidden costs in in Shop Shopify specifically? There's hidden costs that vendors or that merchants don't realize until after the fact, after they've spent all the money getting the site up and running. <laughs> if you were to ha- give some advice to a merchant to ask some objective questions of their agency, yeah. what are those things that they should be asking up front to make sure yeah. that they don't get stuck in some of these hidden costs? You always want to make sure that you're hiring someone, and regardless of the platform. So there are some fantastic agencies out there that, that deal only in the Shopify world. There are some fantastic agencies out there that deal only in the Shopware world. Or, I, actually, I like agencies that at least have familiarity with multiple platforms because I think it, it allows them to offer better, more tailored services to their customers. But my advice is always, hey, when you're having this, this relationship with your agency – like you need to make sure that they are building according to the, the best practices and standards of whatever platform they're building your commerce solution on, right? So if, 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 if it really doesn't matter, SaaS, on-prem, whatever, you need to make sure that installation is portable. It's a difficult conversation to have, but any, any business that's been in business for a while will know that sometimes just things don't work out between, between a vendor and a customer. And again, one of the, one of the nice things about Shopware is that you have basically the merchant is in control of their own destiny and they can, they can build custom functionality according to best standards. And then that, that, that whole installation is super, super portable. That to me is awesome. And you can have that same experience. I'm not, I don't want to pretend that or imply that other, uh, that it's not possible on other platforms, but you just want to make sure that you're, you trust the work that your agency is doing. And you also want to look for a solution that looks after its agency. Like at Shopware, we have for our new, all the new partners that we're signing, we have a program where we actually will go either into their offices or we'll bring, we'll bring developers and users together in a, in a hotel somewhere and we'll actually give them some hands-on instruction for a couple of days. And that's all, that's all, that's free. <laughs> that's just because we want people to be educated. We want great practitioners. And I think as an industry, that's the level of commitment and effort that we should expect. The the experience that merchants have and the experience that agencies have, how do you how do you see that going into the future? Uh, I, I like what you said about helping to educate the users. There is a behemoth of a marketing engine behind Shopify. How are you getting your message across that that hey shopware is easier than to use than shopify and take a look at us and give us a shot yeah if you look at if you just compare feature sets it's like a that's a that's an exercise in commodity thinking right because it's okay yeah you guys have this they have this e-commerce is not the experiences can be incredibly varied and they should be incredibly varied and, and even unique but but at the end of the day we're we all have like all the solutions have have a lot of the same features. So what I say is what I say is that I've actually completely forgotten your question. <laughs> it was ab- about getting the messaging across that. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. About, I was trying, about I was how trying, I was usability. To, yeah, and I was trying so I was trying to provide the background and I got lost in my own background. Great work. Yeah. 
It's a no. It's a good. It's a good question. It's a good question. And what we've been doing is a charm offensive of sorts. So we we have a great analyst relations team. We have some great marketers who are out there really trying to figure out. Hey, we know this is a solution that that applies to the market here. And applies even to markets worldwide. We just have to let people know about it. And it's really not. I don't think it's very fruitful to say, "Oh, hey, feature list, feature." It's not exciting. Like you need the narrative. And basically, our narrative is is to point out to people that it's dollar for dollar and an hour for hour. It's much cheaper, quicker, and easier to deliver a unique, tailored, insight-driven experience for your customers. When you are using shopware, right? Because we are all about freedom of movement,、uh, freedom to innovate, and 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 to do so at at, at breakneck speed. I mean, that is that is really the crux of it. And I think what we have, well, what we've seen as we've had these discussions, and then especially when we have、uh, we have some great solutions architect, and we start putting this stuff in front of these larger U.S. brands and retailers. Man, they like. Their eyes light up. They see it, and a lot of them are coming from you know, years and years in the business, and they're coming with a wealth of experience, you know, on a different platform. And so there's a ton of inertia there. You'll even see businesses who will tell you flat out, "Hey, I am not happy with my with our e-commerce platform." Yeah, but it's still it's still a very inertial thing because they just it, it's really hard to think about. You know, rebuilding and switching, and so that's yeah. You know, we have we do have even actually now some AI export functionality, and then that's just that 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 is augmenting our import export functionality. And we're looking at we're looking at all sorts of ways to have migration assistance be baked into the platform because we know it's important to help get people unstuck. Right? We want people to be very happy with with the platform with the platform that they have to use. I, I think the more the more efficient. The more efficient that platforms make the business for for brands and retailers, the better off this whole industry is. And so that one is a is really important for us. And that is the message that I believe is resonating right now as we as we start to muscle our way into the to the U.S. market. Do you see some of the differentiations in between the between SaaS and between Shopware specifically? Some of those differentiators, like the SaaS version of Shopware, there isn't that advantage to Shopify in terms of users not not having to worry about their hosting. Do you see some of those kind of melting away as a, as you progress into the U.S. market? If the question is about, I guess what you're saying is, is essentially, you know, Shopify have the outsized voice in in this e-commerce platform space. And so they do set kind of set the tone and and the topics of conversation. And in the past, there's been there was Magento, which was provided incredible amount of utility, but but there were there there was you, you had to be working with a great hosting company, and there was there could be a lot of pain around、uh, a lot of pain around the hosting and upgrades and things like that. And this is this is still present to a degree in our world. But one of the things that we did with Shopper Six, which was released only in the last few years, was we built it. We built it with tons of utility, but we we omitted a lot of complexity, and I think that makes it a, a much、uh, easier, happier little application to to host. Whether it's us hosting it ourselves 
or whether the end customer wants to, to host it. And then I think just as an industry, we've uh, you know, cloud computing has evolved and all the tooling around it. You have, pe- you have professionals in the space who've been doing, uh, you're building and deploying for years and years. So I'd say this the overall level of, of ability matched with the inc- increasing you know, modernization of cloud compute tools make it pretty approachable to think about, hey, if we go with this solution, we can really control our own destiny and not get basically not be held captive to the product team of especially a SaaS platform. So I think for me, it's for me, it, it really, I think we like to say we we democratize e-commerce for people. So we really want to, we want to put people in, in, in position of power to do the things that they need to do for their business. Ben, we have a few minutes left. If I'm a merchant and I'm your ideal ICP, and I've just recently learned that term from my lovely daughter who also sells in the e-commerce space, and I didn't know what ICP was, I had to ask. Anyways, Hmm. embarrassing. But I'm a merchant, I'm coming to you, and I say, hey, you know, what are the, what are, what should I be asking when I'm shopping around all these other vendors? What are the, key questions that I should ask, and I know that this is probably a huge, another whole discussion point, but if, if there was a punch list or a bullet point of five to 10 things that somebody should really focus on and ask, what would those be? For sure, if you know of any integrations that you need, like that you rely on, like maybe it's a personalization suite or how you handle your remarketing, whatever the case may be, you want to know that there's a good relationship between your e-commerce solution and that vendor or that, that set of vendors. Because again, like a lot of features are common across most platforms, right? But then also you got to think about, Hey, what are what is, how quickly do we need to be up and running? Uh, how quickly do we need to iterate uh, once we are up and running so that we can deliver the next hot new feature, the next, the next thing that will, That'll help differentiate us from our customers or have a better relationship, higher converting relationship with, with the customers that we have. So getting to understand what the project will look like and not just how it, like time to first dollar, but how is that, how is that sort of time to iterative dollar happen? What does that look like over time? And I think that's something that, I think that's something I, I see doesn't get asked as often as it should. Most likely. And, and you really want, so I've covered what integrations, sort of project delivery and ongoing delivery. And uh, yeah, you want to ask every question you can about, about basis points. Like how much do payments, uh, how much of their, of your revenue is going to be used, like flow directly back to the back, back to the solution. And how does that, and how does that evolve over time? Now, see, one of the things that we're seeing though right now, post, post covid e-commerce boom the rates are going up everywhere and it's not just in e-commerce we're having there are software vendors i i hear these discussions i see some of them online where you know overnight basically businesses rates are going up this is and that's that trend if again if you're captive on a platform and they're doing everything for you payments and everything else they can they've got a little bit of leverage over you they can continue to twist your arm and say, Hey, guess what? We need, we need another half a percent, right? And, and there's not really much you can do about it. That's something that I think is that trend is only now uh, starting and it will hundred percent continue. So 
being aware of the costs, the all-in costs, and what those costs look like over time, that's a huge deal. Yeah, that's a really interesting point that it's the Netflix model where they're going to up their price by $2 and they'll, yeah. they'll lose some users, but they're going to make more money because of the users that have stayed. And it's a gamble on the platform, but it is a great way of driving some revenue, even if you did 0.01 of a basis point or something like that. It's always going to add on. Ben, we have a few seconds left now. No, a few minutes. But I give everybody a chance to do a shameless plug at the end of the podcast. You can plug yeah. anything you want. What would you like to plug today? Plug anything I want. Wow, that is a yeah, that is a good one, man. There's a little pizza place in Salerno, Italy that I really, really but they probably don't need my help. Hey, you know what I'll plug? I'll just I'll, I'll plug this industry. This is e-commerce has been a has been a fascinating industry to be a part of, even without realizing for me that I was getting into it you know, 20, 20 years ago. Certainly had no idea that I would be building a career, a career in this space. And, but the most impressive thing for me is just what I have, the businesses that I've seen other people build in this space. So I really, you know, if anyone's out there listening to this, I actually encourage, uh, you know, if you have a, if you have something that you want to build, whether it's a, a you know, a, a service or integration, uh, or if you thought maybe, hey, maybe I could get into the agency world and start actually delivering some of these solutions. There is, um, there is plenty that, there's plenty of, of room to innovate and, and build a life for yourself in the e-commerce world. And I, I think, I, I feel incredibly lucky that I have been, been able to you know, build this career and meet so many people across 50 plus countries now. In, in my 20 years in the space, it's been it's been a privilege. Yeah, yay e-commerce. That's my shameless plug. <laughs> That's awesome, and I can say from experience that my entire family's in the e-commerce world now. It does it from yeah. Anyways, good Ben. It's been a great conversation. I thank you for being here today. I am going to make sure I get that link to the pizza place in Italy, so we can make sure we get people turned on to them, regardless if they want the traffic or not. They may or may not deliver to your to Palm. What is it? Palm de not Palm Desert. The other part, Isle of Palms. Yeah, Isle of Palms. They may not deliver, but if you're in Italy, you can stop in and get a great pizza. You can get a great pizza. <laughs> Thanks, Brent. Yep, thank you. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode of Talk Commerce. Please rate this episode wherever you download your podcasts. We are actively looking for people to participate in the free joke project. Go to talk-commerce.com and sign up for your free spot on the Free Joke Project. If you are a business, I will do a 30-second elevator pitch in the spot to help promote your business. That's talk-commerce.com.